I'm author Mark Muncy. And I'm author Erica Lance. And this is Eerie Travels. Greetings, travelers. Greetings, travelers. Hey. What do you think of that one? I'm, I'm, that was I'm, interesting. Yeah. Kind of just, just, I went a little heavy on mine. So You I, went very heavy. You were like, greetings, travelers. Yep. Yeah, I just, I was, I don't know. I was, I'm in a mood today. So this I is, see uh, that. You're very saucy. You're very saucy. <laughs> um, So uh, we, you know, Wow, I can't even use words. I, that's okay. They're, that's they're not fine. they're not needed for a podcast. Oh wait. <laughs> so I, you know what? I I I want to do I want to do our um, news. We have some breaking news right now. off the bat. All right, breaking yes. news. So I want to do this with a little song interpretation because this is what it made me think of. What? I'm not a singer. I should say that. But you know, um, TLC. I enjoyed them thoroughly. And they have this song, but I'm going to change one of the words. So um, I think you should don't go chasing fireballs. <laughs> yes. So um, there's a Paranormality Magazine. There is an article called Chasing Fireballs, an unexplained encounter in Arizona's desert. So I'm just going to recommend to all of our travelers out there, if you see fireballs going away from you, maybe don't chase them. Maybe don't. Yeah. Right. Um, so it's a longer story, so I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it is happened in the Arizona desert and they think it was sort of a, a ghost story and it's a ghost story about um, people chasing fireballs and fire that spread very quickly. Um in the desert and as they drew closer interesting fireballs yeah. not being aliens but ghosts 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 so it's um and moving and who knows they could be demonic fireballs in uh, yeah there's a lot of fireballs can be a lot of things including you know any wizard who hit fifth level in dungeons and dragons Yes, could be casting them, or I don't know. It's the desert that gets up to five always, billion degrees and tumbleweeds. I always joke about the, but I'm not going to get into the, that. The penguins in the movie Madagascar, where the oh. ones always like boom, kaboom time. Yeah, kaboom yeah. time. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But it's a great article. We've included the link below, so don't go chasing fireballs. Yep, paranormalitymag.com. Use the code travels. Get a small discount. And uh, let them know that we sent you. So we appreciate it. So, and you can vote for us as one of the top 10 paranormal podcasts of the oh, month. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Please do vote for us. Vote for us. We'd like it. Um, so we uh, uh, got some really positive comments on our werewolves episode, by the way. Oh, did we? we? More of that. So I've decided I think we should do mm. the mummy next. Mummies. Okay. Mummies. But that'll be in a bit. That'll be in a bit. So hold yeah, on to your yeah. pants. Give us time. Recover. Recover. I, 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 you know, we, we, we've, we've already, man, we've, we've, we've inflamed a lot of people with those first two. <laughs> yes. We, we don't want to alienate our entire, oh, we could do aliens too. Oh, yeah. but um, uh, don't forget to come see us at the Smoky Mountain Bigfoot Festival. We're going to be yes. there. Yeah. Just, come just out and see weeks. us. Just yeah. a few weeks. Uh, 
tickets are still available. Gather up events. Um, if you look up Smoky Mountain Bigfoot Conference. Uh, yeah, and we, we will have our t-shirts for sale there, yep. which will be exciting. And um, uh, we'll have a very special thing for sale there, which I'm not going to talk about. And only the people that come up and find us can see this very special thing we will have available to the travelers that come find us at the Smoky Mountain Bigfoot Festival. And then we've got Tampa Bay Comic Con a couple weeks after that, or a week yeah. after that. And then we've got, you know, we're, you know, shoot, uh, September, it's off to the races. We've got uh, Dragon Con and uh, Mothman. Con. At what? Popcon. Popcon. Mothman. Yeah. Airfest. Well, Airfest in October and uh, uh, yeah. Cala in October. We, we got so much coming up. So follow us at Erie Travels, gang, and, you know, find out where we're going to be and all that. So And now, you can come argue with us in person then. Yes, exactly. And tell us what, you know, what, you know, why, why we're wrong and uh, why Howling 2 isn't, you know, the strongest werewolves and why uh, Twilight aren't the strongest vampires. So, you know, it's and all good. And why those are two of the worst movies in the world. We already know that. You don't have we to already know they're terrible, point. but we also know that, you know, it's hard to argue their logic. So, yeah. All right. Anyway, um, we were recently, I'm going to change the tone here for a minute. Uh, we were recently dealt with a loss. Uh, to our show uh, that uh, hit a little, it, it hit hard. Um, I was working with someone who I'd worked with on the book, Erie Appalachia, and I had interviewed her several times and uh, for that, and it was just really starting to get to know her a little bit. And she was reaching out to us and I had reached out once we started the podcast. She was immediately the first person I thought of for when we were going to do guests let's let's try to get her on and uh she had had some health concerns and sadly she she never was able to come on the show and that was the late tanya derenberger yes and we, our family you know, our 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 you know we just we were devastated it, it really is part me. of the eerie family and yes yes and um the fact that her daughter reached out to us after to give us the notice um, was, you know, just a little, you know, it was heartbreaking because you know, we were literally any day that she was going to be healthy enough to be on, we were going to drop everything and record with her. Um, yes. It had been, so I lucked out and got to talk to her during the pandemic at one point, which was, uh, I thought was never going to happen. Um, and that was actually worked out in my, because we were going to go up and see her but it actually worked out in our favor. I was able to, you know, do some FaceTime with her. And yeah. now, you know, this. So um, we're sad that she's gone. And we were putting off this episode because of that. Uh, we weren't really sure how to do and delve into it, but we've had so many requests for it. So this is a tribute to Tanya. And we're going to be invest, you know, we're going to be discussing her father's encounters with someone unusual and erica i'm not sure you're too familiar with this are you i i um no i mean i knew the little bit i knew um from erie appalachia obviously as a fan of the book too which and you can purchase the book from our website if you'd like or meet us in person get it signed by mark and a potentially amazing drawing by carrie in yes. the book drawing um and 
no, I'm not as familiar until you started telling me about it, but it is a phenomenal story. So, and I know you'll do it justice for her and her father and her family. So let's, let's start at the very beginning, Mark. Let's, let's, let's go back in our way back machine or we're going to time travel back. And um, man, so November 2nd, 1966 a salesman for a small sewing machine company uh, is driving along the road interstate 77 and he's near parkersburg west virginia Mm -hmm. he's coming from marietta ohio and he's on his way home to mineral wells west virginia and he's driving alone and this car zips past him and um, and the driver's name of the vehicle we are discussing is Woodrow Derenberger or Woody Derenberger. And okay. he's the salesman. And he's watched this car pass and he's expecting this other car to come past him. But he's overtaken by something very different. The strangest thing he'd ever seen. Okay. It was basically what looked like a huge kerosene lamp turned sideways. So bulb on one end, bulb on the other end, and kind of a center with a small bulb in the middle. And it passes him. And then it turns sideways. And basically blocking both lanes of the highway. And it's hovering above the ground and it's slowing down slowing down slowing down so he has to basically come to a complete stop and he pulls over to the side of the road okay and at uh this point this man comes out and he's dark suited and smiling human like dark blue and but a little sparkly little shiny mm. and he comes out and as he steps off the vehicle the vehicle floats back up about 40 feet in the air and the man says i mean you no harm please you know roll down your window and uh want to talk to you and the uh you know Wood, woody rolls down his window to talk on the you know the passenger side leans over rolls down the window and then he realizes he's heard all this but the man's never opened his mouth wow okay so he's realizing he's hearing it in his head and the man says my name Again, tell him, calm down, mean you no harm. Mm-hmm. My name is Cold. C O L D, Cold. And he tells him that he is a seeker from his place of origin. Okay. And he starts asking him questions about Parkersburg, the town. And he says, You know, what is, is, that, is that where you all live? And he's like, no, that's where we work. You know, we all live around it. 
and so it does oh that's what we call a gathering on my planet okay whoa planet all right and and then yeah he asks him a few more questions and he basically just says at the end you know it's been nice talking to you mr derenberger and we will be seeing you again and he goes over back to his truck and the vehicle comes back down onto the roadway and then he sees this other hand inside reach for him and pull Mr. Cold in and it flies away. And it looks like a kerosene lamp. So it's like yeah. bulbous, like a kerosene lamp. Yeah, okay. on two sides. So imagine one is sort of upward. You know, we always think of the, you know, hurricane lamps down here. Yeah, just imagine that sideways. So. Okay. And then it's gone. And he doesn't know what to do. He drives home, tells his wife about the weird thing that happened. She tells him he needs to go to the police. Uh, I, that is a brave soul if you're going to go tell the police that a blue dude that was shiny yeah. stopped. Just normal dude. Trapped. Normal dude, just smiling, slick back hair, and, and uh, blue in a blue suit. Oh, blue was the suit sparkly, or were he's was he the sparkly? Suit, the suit was sparkly. Got it. Okay. And now, just about ten days later, think about this: this is nineteen sixty-six, November. Ten days later. We have another incident not too far away from here that becomes uh, this strange creature visits a small town in West Virginia called Point Pleasant with big red eyes. Well, that's that's a little different. That and was a little Mothman, radioactive, right? But that's oh, that's Mothman. Ten days after this, that's weird, right? Yep. All right, so Woody goes and talks to uh, the press. Oh, he chooses the press to go talk to. The press. And the police actually show up and an Air Force man show up while he records an interview for a television station. Okay. And they all say he seems legit. And then there are other witnesses who saw the vehicle, saw his truck pulled over and saw the strange craft floating besides the, beside the road. And that's what, what a lot of people forget about this is that there was a couple other people who verified his account. So like people driving by on the road that happened to but see him pulled off. Happened to see him pulled over. Well, what the hell is that? You know, and that, but they reported it after, you know, his television thing saying oh yeah we saw him so okay now the story doesn't end here right that you'd think that'd be enough um what happens is a, a uh it the problem is the only source of information we have on this is woody's book woody wrote a book called visitors from lanulus and Lanulus, the name that they were given that he was I'm given? gonna tell you why that's called that in a minute. So okay. um and he wrote this book and um there was a man named Hubbard 
who bought the story, right? And bought the rights to the book, okay. uh, Harold Hubbard. And, and what's interesting is Hubbard apparently edited the book quite a bit. And, and it was, yeah, so the Derenbergers were never really happy with this book because they said they'd cut out the important parts. Okay. All right. So, and the problem with this book is that, it, you know, we've got, this is his, his journal. This is his describing it. So he keeps saying a few days pass or a few things pass. And it, there's no exact dates after that initial encounter. So it's a little tricky to follow the timeline on this. Okay. But he says basically a few days later, he gets this weird feeling while he's driving and telepathic contact is made again with Indrid Cole and, or Mr. Cold. And Cold tells him to pull over. Okay. At this point. We're, hold on. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and see what Mr. Cold wants this time. Eerie Appalachia. Gear up for a frightful jaunt into the darkest reaches of the ancient Appalachians. Folks deep within the Appalachian hollers lean close to the campfire to share stories of the inexplicable with hushed awe. Monsters rumbling in the hills, strange lights darting through the pitch black night sky, horrible occurrences almost ineffable in their bizarre tragedy. Tall tales, you might say. Tell that to the Flatwoods monster in Braxton County, West Virginia, or the Goat Man of Louisville. Look into his humanoid eyes and let him know you don't believe. What of those apparitions in Mammoth Cave's Corpse Rock or the Satan Spawn known as the Jersey Devil? How do you respond when confronted by these mysteries? From the metaphysical energy that swirls near Serpent Mound in Ohio to Point Pleasant's Mothman Legacy, Mark Muncie and Carrie Schultz explore the dark history lurking in the shadows of Appalachia. Read by Mark Muncie, author and experts on strange folklore with appearances on shows such as Ancient Aliens, The Curse of Robert the Doll, and many, many more. Greetings, mortals and others. I'm Dick Terhune, the voice from hell. I work with haunted attractions all over the U.S., Canada, and Europe to increase audiences and enhance their experience with highly effective commercials, narrations, animatronic character voices, whatever your dark heart desires. Let me help you do more, scare more, profit more. Find out more at Voice From Hell on Facebook and at voicefromhell.com. Okay, we're back. So now he's being, he's on the road, gets a weird feeling in his head. He pulls over to the side of the road and now he's got telepathic contract with Mr. Cold. And at this point, he tells him that his first name is Indrid and that he is from the planet called Lanulus, which is in the galaxy known as Ganymedes. And okay. Now, astronomers and all this say there is no such planet and there is no such galaxy. And that's because that's just what we call them, right? Yeah, you know, we, we, we call yeah, a lot we of things. Yeah, we don't know the names of things. I think yeah. we forget that sometimes. Is like in the US, we can call something one thing, but the native people to this land called it something else like yeah. we you know and it's true in other places like that yeah 
So we name things in the galaxy. That's not necessarily what everybody else calls it. We're a little podunk planet in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And um, and anyway, he starts telling him a lot about his planet and that they have no they have no wars. Okay. There's no hate on their planet. They do believe in a great creator, a god, and okay. that they're all telepathic. And that has helped them do all this. And they originally came from Earth and left okay. in a spaceship. And none of them ever want to come back because Earth is full of hate and everybody's terrible. And uh, we don't, why can't you guys just be nice to each other? Well, I don't think Woody's the right person to ask that question. To. Well, yeah, that's the question. Why are you asking? You know, why, why are you reaching out to this guy from West Virginia, a, a, a sewing machine salesman from West Virginia? Now, we do have a secondary source, and that was Tanya, okay. uh, who was a little girl at the time, and she recalls being at the house when all the people started showing up, because after the television interview and everything, people started coming to the house, camping out at the house, looking for UFOs, and initially, Woody and his wife would, you know, you know, make them all sandwiches, make them all snacks. And they would sit out till two in the morning looking for UFOs out on his back porch and stuff like that. And Tanya would see this and everything. And and then occasionally the police would come to talk to him again. And But that was, you know, then occasionally that was happening. But then they were visited by Indrid in person again. Okay. And Indrid also had two others with him one was named demo hassan okay and the third was named carl ardo and they were basically like the second and third in command of his scout ship they were okay. the other seekers and they were apparently both much more secretive than indrid right because indrid was really enjoying his time with woody and these other two, one of the reasons they didn't hang around much is they were afraid they were scaring the children. They were scaring Tanya and all this. So, and the other kids. So they wouldn't come back very often. Okay. Now, what's even more crazy, right, is this is when John Keel shows up. From who's writing the Mothman, he's investigating the Mothman prophecies. And, okay. And all that, or the Mothman book. And he comes over to talk to Woody. And he's actually using some of the stuff from Woody's book to, you know, discuss Indrid more. And he combines them with this other folklore creature called the Grinning Man. Okay. And the Grinning Man says, uh, you know, he showed up a few days before in New Jersey and where two kids see this strange man in a strange suit standing on the side of the road and, uh, and they run from him, right? Because he has this weird ear-to-ear -ear grin. Which, and as we all know, is a sign of complete creepiness. Yes, complete creepiness. 
And now this is documented by the police and Keel and a few others are also finding about this strange grinning man all around with the UFO sightings, that area that is booming near Point Pleasant and the TNT area, which is you know, Mothman territory and all this. So they're combining Grinning Man and Indrid Cold into one being. And I personally, and I also don't think Tanya or Woody would have approved of that. I think that's, I think that's John Keel okay. you know, combining this character with this other thing. Um, and yeah, whether Indrid was prophetic or anything like that with uh with woody i don't know but so woody finally gets one more visit from indrid okay and this time he gets to go on the ship so this is three this is number three this is number three he gets to go on the ship do they indicate why they keep coming and talking to him since he doesn't seem like the right source for things? They tell him he needs to spread the word and let people know, stop being mean to each other and, you know, and, and we'll help you. We'll give okay. you cures for diseases. We'll, you know, we'll do this. So he finally says, well, let me see your planet. So they pick him up in their ship. Okay. And they, he's like, where do you want to go? Anywhere in the world you want to go and see. He's like, well, I always want to see the Amazon. So they fly him to the Amazon in like incredible speed. And then okay. while they're over the Amazon, he goes, they go, all right, well, we're taking you with us. So they fly him up to the moon. And outside of the moon, they hover in a little bit off of the moon surface. They go to the mothership. Uh, which is righty then yep and they pull him into this and he describes it as massive but about 10 stories tall and and uh, you know nowadays that would be nothing consider you know after star destroyers and all that in our science fiction but in the 60s that would have been insane size for a spaceship right and they take him to this space on the other side of the moon where there's this bridge and there's a parking garage they tell him for spaceships on the back side of the moon. And they show it to him. Okay. And then his scout ship and the mothership go to uh, they go to Saturn, which is actually hollow and is a bowl shaped, and there's ice around the edges, and that's why we see the rings is the reflection of the uh ice. And people are living in the bowl. Okay. And then we flies us to Lanyus. And there he is allowed to come onto the, and he's not allowed to go onto the planet this trip. They fly by, you know, like you haven't had your shots. You, you know, we can't have an earthling on our planet yet. But they tell him that they originally came from Earth and settled here many, many years ago. So ancient aliens reverse. Right, we sent people to another planet. And now that's just the first trip. And they he starts explaining things to them that they don't have money. Uh, well, everybody they have money, everybody gets a set amount based on how many people are in your family. You're allowed to have two kids. Okay. No more. Uh, but 
if you do have more, they are adopted to other families that can't have kids. And uh, okay. And uh, you're uh, everybody's given a job, and you do that job, but they vote in a galactic senate. Everybody has equal votes in a galactic senate. Okay. So it's very Democrat socialism. And when did he say all this happened? 1966. Interesting. And okay. finally, uh, he uh, they have cars. He sees cars and hundreds of thousands of Lanulosians walking around. Uh, but their cars are hovering. None of them have wheels and all that. Mm -hmm. And they're all using nuclear power or nuclear fusion, okay. which you know was not really a common term at the time. No, uh, although we were learning about the hydrogen bomb and all that. So I was going to say there there was some. Yeah. So, but not typical talk in rural West Virginia. So, uh, but anyway, he gets home, and they tell him next time we're going to bring you. Be ready. And this time he gets to go back again a few days later. It doesn't say when. You know, he kept saying, and later on, later on, later on. It's hard. To, you know, when you're reading the book. Uh, he, you go, he goes later on and this time they give him a shot. They give him a shower, a decontamination shower, and then he's allowed on landings and he gets to walk down the streets and people are afraid of him because he's from earth and it's a terrible place. And they all keep asking him, why can't y'all just be nice to each other? You know, all this stuff. Um, and, uh, but he also meets the rest of the family. He meets Indrid's son, Connor. And oh. his wife and their little daughter, uh, Kissy, and uh, and another one named Conrad. And so he's learning about this family and they invite him to bring his family up here. You guys can come up here. There is there's another family that lives here that's from Earth and we've brought them up here. And they're oh. the Petersons from Acapulco, New Mexico which I don't know of many Petersons in Acapulco, New Mexico. <laughs> so Yeah, no, me neither. <laughs> and they're a couple in their 90s, but they look like they're in their 50s. Oh, wow. So Lanulus is apparently really good for the health, you know, great atmosphere and all that. Uh, you know, Lanulosians apparently live to be about 125. Um, so how long does this go on for? Years according wow. to Tanya, that Indrid comes back fairly often, all this. Now, Woody goes on a lecture circuit, starts talking about it, because he can't keep up the day job. Because okay. the day job, every time he gets a call, hey, we'd like to buy a sewing machine, he goes out to meet the family, and they're like, hey, just tell us about the aliens. We don't really want to buy a sewing machine. So, um, So he starts talking about Lanulus and trying to spread the word for Indrid uh, to make the world a better place and all this and goes on and on. Now he passed away in 1990. Um, Tanya, his daughter, didn't want anything to do with this stuff for a little while. But finally, she kept saying she kept meeting Indrid Cold. And the first time she really got to talk to him was at her father's funeral, where he and Carl Ardo the second in command were there 
at Woody's funeral, supposedly talking to him. Now, wow. Woody also says he was inter interrogated by the military. And they said, well, you're not telling us anything we don't already know. Which. Well, that's weird. That goes back to what we've been talking about with these UFOs for a while. So it's interesting. I mean, I, you talk to them. What are your thoughts, Mark? Well, my thoughts with, with Tanya, Tanya was, is very, was a very sweet lady. And um, she wrote her own follow-up book called Beyond Lanulus, which is a, you know, a 75 page booklet, which is mostly poems. Um, and it was her experiences with the cold family. She never got her trip to Lanulus. She was very disappointed about that. Um, she was very upset with Harold Hubbard who had printed her father's book and had printed her book and had paid them for it, but then they never got any royalties from their books. Uh, so the only way you could get money to Tanya was by buying her own little hand-printed copies that she would sell stapled together by her own hands and all that. Every copy was was signed, which was which is one of my prize collection pieces now. Um, you can order visitors from Lanulus and beyond Lanulus off of Amazon, but just know they're not going to the Derenberger family, they're going to the Hubbard family. Um, well, that, and it appears he edited it. Well, not that you wouldn't have to edit the story, but it sounds oh, yeah. like he- and Now, Tanya was telling me some other things that were interesting. There was a there was a show a little, made them a little more popular again recently, besides Mothman Prophecies, having a whole chapter on, you know, Indrid and the famous chapstick scene from that movie was was about Indrid. Uh, there was also a show called Hellier, which was done on uh, you know online, and they talked to Tanya and they really go deep into Indrid Cold stuff. And Tanya talked to me about how her and Indrid actually sat down and watched it, and Indrid was correcting them on all the things they got wrong. <laughs> oh, really? Fascinating to me. And then uh, now the, the bit that got me was when we last talked, she was saying that she was going to catch up because she'd been in the hospital for quite some time in hospice uh, care, which is why we were desperately trying to get her on, that she was going to be listening to our podcast and uh, to catch up because she wanted to be ready when she came on for us. And she was going to have Indrid listen with her. Uh, because he'd been by to visit her a few times. So, Indrid, if you're out there and you did catch up on the show and listen to us, hopefully you're still listening. Hopefully we did you right with this piece. And hopefully we did Tanya right with this piece. I, I, she's sad she never got her visit to Lanulus. And, uh, well, maybe in a way she did. Yeah. I don't know. That's I'm, I'm tearing up a little bit, gang. I'm sorry. I'm trying to to fight it because she was so sweet and it, um, it really is i mean to have a message to try to get people to you know not take over the world whatever but be nice to each other i think alien encounters a lot of times have this very scary situation that's added to them right but to always assume that somebody coming from another planet would only be interested in um you know that is different and 
you know, we talk about multi-dimensions and stuff like that. So it's entirely possible things are out there that are different and different um, end results to different chains of history and things like that. And, you know, yeah, and I, I think, you know, who knows, maybe in a, you know, in an alternate, you know, just a phase over dimension, Saturn is a bowl. And, and hollow and people can you know live on the edges you know, well it yeah. is a gas planet correct yeah. yeah so we don't know what's in there we can't see into their atmosphere very much we've sent a few things in but the pressure there is so terrible it's it's tough so yeah. i don't know it, you know 100 this is one of those it got me because you know talking to tanya was amazing and it was one of those i grew up knowing the story and hearing the legend and all that and now here it is you know I, I was so close i could touch it and yeah. uh there are pictures of indrid now the the thing with the grinning man a lot of like you know creepy pasta and all that have turned uh indrid into the joker basically and they they use the 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 laughing smile guy yeah. from uh you know, from the old silent film, uh, one of the great lost films and all that. And uh, and they use that as, you know, the Joker symbolism. Was that influenced by Indrid Cold? No, the Joker predates Indrid Cold a long time. And uh, yes, Batman Joker, you know, movie, you know, the Batman TV show was big at this time. So, you know, that's why the Grinning Man maybe kind of leans into that. But he just smiled. He was a normal looking guy. And um, now, remember when we did the Men in Black episode? Yeah, and we talked about, uh, you know, that the the Crestview sighting down in Miami. One of the reasons it put me on the whole Indrid Cold kick was the government man that interviewed some of the kids was the last name Cold, and uh, so that was That's like, was he working for the government? Was he a disinformation guy? And some of the pictures in the book. There are pictures of the Lanulus crew. Uh, there's also the intergalactic uh, alphabet in the book, uh, which is interesting to see. Uh, there's some other stuff in the politics. Now, Tanya did tell me the reason why the wife and the daughter never came to Earth and, uh, you know, why they only got to see them once on a visit was uh, because that world basically doesn't you know as advanced as they are they they pretty much believe women are should be barefoot and pregnant you know in the kitchen and raising the family and all that so there there it isn't all utopia gang over there <laughs> so take that with a grain of salt but uh the pictures in the book of the lanulus gang are pretty interesting and um and um i you know and then what was the other what was the oh gosh there were there were a couple of people who claimed to be carl ardo over the years and uh some of the other characters so i'm curious to see how it goes and supposedly Indrid faked his death at one point for a little while because he thought bad guys were onto him so oh this is it's a crazy story and you can go down this rabbit hole for days and days and days i'm actually kind of trying not to tear up so i'm i'm gonna stop pretty soon so no then i mean i think it's fascinating so for the travel part of this episode what where do you recommend 
I well, you're gonna go to Mothman Festival. This is a part of our Road to Mothman series. So um I would say the 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 Derenberger tapes are at the Mothman Museum, the original recordings of his interview. You can also find that on YouTube so you can actually listen to the whole thing. Just look up Derenberger interview, you'll find it. Um and you can hear Woody's stuff. Uh Tanya uh is you know, we're, we're going to definitely do a tribute to her at Mothman Festival. Uh, she was at the inaugural Mothman Festival handing out her little, her book, you know, and that's where it kind of all started with her. So um, hopefully, you know, you can do that. I would say definitely go there, you know, take the road to Parkersburg on Interstate 77 and just watch out for a kerosene lamp, you know, to fly past you and, and pull you over. So, yeah, well, if you run into Mr. Cold, be nice. I would um, listen to what he has to say, definitely. And I, I think it's a fascinating thing. But um, so, Tanya, rest in peace. Yes. Um, absolutely. Peace. The whole family, our condolences out to you. And, mm -hmm. um, and the cold family, you know, if any of you ever want to come on and talk to us, you know, we'd be happy to have you. Carl, uh, Carl Ardo, uh, Demo Hassan, you guys want to talk to us? We're welcome. We're welcome to hear from you too. I mean, there's there's more to this story where they appeared and led people out into the woods and showed them how the energy transferred to their gravity coils worked and all that. That's all in the book. Definitely pick it up if you can. But uh, um, you know, it's one of those. It's a fun read. I would I would highly recommend it. But uh, you know, there are ways to get it. So yeah, and that's what we would recommend. So. Um, Mark, let's say goodbye to the travelers for today. Yeah. And gang, thank you all so much. And Tanya, Woody, we'll see you on the other side.